Hey there, this is Marcy Lebowitz from Follow the Threads, and I'm back for another wonderful podcast with Emily Ridout talking about self-care. And if you've heard my other podcast, you know this is really an important issue for me, um, not only for myself, but I feel like for the collective. Um, we come from, at least in the West, a culture in which we seem to pride ourselves on not taking care of ourselves. And, you know, the older I get, I'm going to be 55 in about a week and a half, the more important it is for me to take care of myself. You know, I um, was talking to a gentleman the other day and he was, he's like, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm 68 and aging sucks and my body, you know, I had to <laughs> reconstruct my shoulders and do all this. And I thought to myself, I didn't say it to him, I thought, well, if you were actually taking care of yourself when you were younger, right, or mid-age like I am, then maybe aging wouldn't be so hard. And maybe if we were more aware of what we needed much younger, that there wouldn't be such a cascade of hard events on people in their middle age and um, as they're maturing and getting older. So um, I just, I like to talk with you guys about things that are profoundly impacting me that I see are not being talked about in the world. So I've got Emily with me. Emily is an astrology and yoga specialist. And how I know that is because I have worked extensively with Emily about a lot of things. Um, one of the cool things Emily does is looks at your astrology chart and then can select yoga poses and give you a yoga practice that's natural for you, that's in flow with astrologically how you're wired. And um, I can tell you, I'd been doing yoga for years before I met Emily and just was never comfortable with any kind of yoga practice until what I got and, and have been working with from Emily. So that's really cool. And astrologically, she and I have looked at so many things in my chart, my natal chart, my progress chart. And what's been wonderful about it is Sometimes I think to myself, oh my gosh, like, am I crazy? Am I making things up as my life is profoundly changing? And she'll be like, nope, there it is in your chart. And these are things that you can expect. And yes, this is why you're feeling this way. So particularly if you're a very unique person and transforming and changing a lot, I find this work really helpful because it just, it's calmed me down. Um, and helped me understand myself better. So um, Emily's website is www.emilyridout.com. So today, Emily and I are going to be doing a podcast for you all called Beyond the Bubble Bath. Emily, are you there? I'm here. Thanks for the great introduction. You're welcome. It's all true. I'm a Scorpio. You know, I wouldn't say things unless I meant it. <laughs> so the reason for the title Beyond the Bubble Bath is when you look at self-care, I think in the West, it's typically, and Emily will be speaking on the, about this quite a bit, you know, a set of ideas that may work for a small portion of the population, like go take a bubble bath or 
get a manicure or get a pedicure, you know, things that are very, very pampering. And for some people that could work, but for a lot of people, it doesn't necessarily work. So what I'm going to have Emily speaking about today is what are things that would work for particular kinds of people based on their astrology? She'll be getting into that. And why it's important to honor and respect that. So like, if you don't feel guided to do a bubble bath, please don't, (laughs) please don't, because that intrinsically will not bring you the relaxation and the ease that you're looking for. That is what self-care is about. So Emily, um, talk to me about just really quickly why you think self-care is so important, because I know you're really good at it. Sure, Marcy. So self-care. you know, it's become a buzzword and I'm not particularly particularly fond of it as a buzzword, as, as you know, with the bubble baths and the manicures, um, although there's nothing wrong with bubble baths and manicures. Um, but self-care really on its, its most basic level is the ability of an adult human or any human, whether they're a minor or an adult, um, to take care of themselves. And we live in a, in a culture that tends to pride itself on individualism, something that's very rampant, even though you could, you could wax on about whether that, how individualism um, works or doesn't work for the American psyche. Right. Um, but, But as far as being able to take care of yourself, that's something that's so basic. And we we treat it societally like, oh, this is this whipped cream on top of an ice cream sundae. You know, it's not really necessary, but it's nice. Um, but to me, I think it's something so basic. If you are not cared for, if your basic needs aren't being met, if you don't feel nurtured and alive, you're not going to be able to show up for yourself or others. You're just going to be Um, not cared for. And someone who is truly neglected, um, you know, eventually withers and fades. And so if you want to show up for work, if you want to show up for um, your friends or your family members or your community, if you want to feel okay day to day or even feel great, self-care is just the thing. Mm, I love that because it's not something that's like separate that you would do because you're going to the Oscars. What you're talking about is this intrinsic day-to-day being able to function better instead of just kind of scraping at the bottom of the barrel and being stressed. Exactly. Um, And so, you know, there's this idea first that you meet your basic needs Right. Mm -hmm. So like clothing, shelter, um, food, clean water, being warm enough, all of those things, getting rest. And and you see a lot of self-care focusing either on that in pop culture or on um, the pampering effect. But there's this huge range of things between, you know, not starving and bubble baths that can can really light people up. And 
so often I think people don't realize, you know, that that they can expand their definition of self-care to actually find something that works for them and, you know, expand the idea of self-care beyond, as you said, beyond the bubble bath, right? Beyond the idea that it's somehow selfish or pampering and also beyond the idea that it's somehow unnecessary beyond meeting the basic needs. There's a place that humans can operate where we are alive and really able to live a life that feels authentic and good and soul inspired rather than just, you know, going through the motions um, or thinking that burnout is, is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about where you would figure out in your astrology chart the best way for you to do self-care or what would be like the most natural ways for you to do self-care. Yes. So caveat, this can be complex. And if you um, are listening to this and you look at your chart later, um, I'm going to tell you the very simple, easy way to do it. But there's also more information in your chart than just that. So the deeper you dive, the more enriching this will be. But all you need to know to get started is one simple thing. And that is what sign the moon was in when you were born. Um, So the moon goes around the zodiac just like the sun does, except it goes much more quickly, you know, once a month, a month, right? It goes around. And the, the moon sign that you were born under, in astrology, the moon represents nurture and care. It's sometimes associated with your mother when you are a child, but it's also associated with your sort of inner nurturer, your inner mother, right? And not not the particular mother you happen to have or not have, right? Because we all, our human mothers can have um, gifts or flaws or attitudes, beliefs, behaviors that served or didn't serve us. This is the, the true nurturer that lives within you. And it's also how you most desire to be nurtured. And so not all Zodiac signs are going to love a bubble bath. Um, I love this metaphor, so I'll keep saying bubble bath probably. (laughs) But um, And the easiest thing to do, if you don't know much about the Zodiac, is to learn what element your moon sign is in. So Um, just quickly, fire, earth, air, and water. So once you know the element, looking at the house is also important. We'll get into that in a second. But um, once you know the element, you'll have a clue into the manner in which you might like to be nurtured. So earth signs, um, that's Virgo, Taurus and Capricorn, they like to be nurtured on an earth plane. So practical level stuff. Now, what house this is in is going to affect the practical manner in which you want to be nurtured. Okay. So um, if it's in 
the astrology house of the home, you might want to go home and clean your house or go home and cook something or work on work from home one day or do something really practical in the home. If your earth moon sign is up in your house of community, you might actually want to nurture the self by giving back into your community, by organizing an event or by going to an event that someone else organized or by going on a hike with some friends in the forest, which is one of the most earthy things you could do. Um, Let's say it's in the house of travel. Then you might want to go on a backpacking trip out in some location that you've always dreamed of visiting, right? So there's all these different ways that you can do practical things. You might, if it's in your house of partnership, you might do something practical with your partner. Or if it's in your house of creativity, you might do something practical with a creative project you have. Now, if you have a water moon sign, the moon is most comfortable with water. These are the people who might benefit from a bubble bath um, if it's in, let's say, the fourth house or a house of of the self uh, where you would be self-pampering. Um, but but that doesn't necessarily mean that all water signs will want that. So the water signs are Pisces, Scorpio, and Cancer. And the water signs will want to have an element of emotional connectivity and nurture in the way that they nurture themselves. And this is why um, the moon is most comfortable in them, is that's a very self-care type of energy that we might think about. And so the water moon signs might need to have a heartfelt connection with a friend. They might be the ones who need to actually sit down and let themselves cry. Um, They might be the ones who need to enter into more ethereal and psychic and creative spaces in what they're doing. So in the house of, you know, travel, you might go look at a beautiful, um, place of worship or sacred place in nature or water place that really feeds your soul. Um, They might enjoy going to the ocean or the beach or a beautiful lake. Uh, They might enjoy in, in like the house of partnership, just getting together with a partner or a close friend and telling them, you know, this is, this is how I'm feeling. Could you help me process? They might want to talk through their emotions. Um, And of course, these are just examples. You could probably come up with more. So air signs, um, and that's Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius, they are going to engage with nurture in a mental way. Okay. So these are the people who might benefit from journaling out their feelings um, from from talking with others at the same time, less emotionally, but just kind of getting the facts out. You know, why are you feeling how you're feeling? What could you be doing that would um, make things better? Can you reframe how things are going and allow yourself to see things from a new perspective or with new eyes? Um, can you intellectually engage 
with where you'd like to go, what you'd like to do? Can you get a mental grip on your own reality? And then fire signs, um, they have an element of transformation in them. So, so you have Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius are the fire signs, and they have a spark of transformation. Um, a Leo fire sign, actually, the manicure thing, they might they might be into that because often. Um, the Leo aspect particularly would like to shine out. Um, and sometimes they will get some inner fixing up if they do some outer fixing up. Um, although certainly not always, but if, if a fire sign is in the house of the self, um, it could do that. But thinking about ways of transformation and taking action um, for the fire signs will be really important. So they might be the people who want to go on a jog and just burn the energy out of them. They might be the people who want to um, disconnect from their troubles temporarily and go into higher philosophy or watch a funny movie or distract themselves in order to transform. Of course, long-term distraction is always counterproductive, but sometimes a brief break um, allows us to transform form a little better. Um, they might want to uh, travel or do something new or um, just start taking action on the problems that they're facing in life. Um, so those are the four elements. And I briefly mentioned the houses. If people don't know what the houses are, it's okay. Just figure out your moon sign. Um, but if you sort of know, they're the in the pie graph, which is the astrology chart, they're the slices of the pie. And so you can Google them. Be careful when Googling astrology because not all astrology websites are um, created equally. But, but just notice, you know, what the sorts of things are or, or if you want, people can always reach out to me. I offer free 15 minute consults. And if you just want to know some information about your moon, I can do that for people as well. Um, but there's just, there's a lot in the house that will tell you how to nurture yourself. Okay. That was incredibly helpful. And I'm a water sign. Um, so my moon's in Scorpio in the 10th house and everything you described were the things that I do for self-care. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. yeah the, the 10th house is the house of, of career and public persona. So um, Scorpio up there would want to get really deep in their career or what they believe their life impact on the greater world around them is, and to integrate the way that they emotionally express into how they actually outwardly express into the world. Um, and so with Scorpio there, it'd be all about bringing the depths to the surface and showing others like, okay, the psychic depths of the soul and the body and the emotions are okay to be talked about and seen, which I think is what you're doing in this podcast. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's interesting too, because when I 
I was talking with a good friend of mine, like he's really good at relaxing and chilling out, which <laughs> isn't necessarily natural to me. Um, and I said to him the other day, I said, you know, one of the primary reasons I do all this self-care besides the fact I need it to function is so I'm in really good shape for all those things that you just described. So I can get my work out to the world so I can help other people understand how important this is, you know, all of that. And it, it feels like, like I'm always in connection with the very things you described about the 10th house. It's never far from my mind. That's really beautiful. Um, yeah, I'd be curious what your friend, um, what your friend's moon is in. I think people um, with strong Taurus energy and strong Cancerian energy are often good at like going home, chilling out, relaxing, um, sort of in the ways we expect. Like, just go home, you know, have your bubble just, bath, watch a movie. <laughs> yeah, his moon's in Taurus. Exactly. Oh. I don't, I don't know the house, but that was, he's totally, cause he's like, why, you know, why don't you just smell the flowers? I'm like, I am smelling the flowers and I'm making them beautiful. I'm cleaning them up. I'm organized. Right. It's just a, a different way of doing it. Totally. And, and it's great because, you know, it's nice for people who can relax in that manner. And it's also nice for people who need to do something to relax, to be able to do that. And that's the, that's the beauty and the sovereignty of the self. Hmm. Um, so what do you think is going on in our culture? What is the underlying tenor that prevents people from feeling good about taking care of themselves? Because I think like sorting this is really important. Um, I know growing up, you know, I'm from the DC area, I'm Jewish. My mom was very, very much of a doer. So we were well taken care of on a physical level, right? We went to the doctor, we went to the dentist, you know, food was on the table. There were always those inherent basics were there. But I don't ever remember being taught about self-care on a deeper level than just the, you know, I guess, I mean, it was more than survival. We weren't just surviving. But on these basic kind of fundamental levels, which goes much deeper and nurtures people. What do you think is going on that makes that so hard for Westerners to connect to that? Well, there's a lot going on there. Um, and I'm sure my prognosis um, in the brief time we have here will be lacking because you could write a dissertation on this. Um, <laughs> but, but Honestly, I think a couple generations ago, you know, the greatest generation, the baby boomers, um, there, there, there was, you know, when my parents, um, who were baby boomers were children, um, I, and the greatest generation, which would be like my grandparents, I think there was an assumption of being cared for, um, the society. Mm -hmm. Back then, you know, so much has changed in the last 75 years. Um, but the society um, back then was really often based around families. And there was a really big focus on this. Often both parents weren't working in sort of a normative 
family structure and you'd see a lot more um, sort of attention paid to, you know, paying the person who was working enough to provide for an entire family, you know? And so um, you see just sort of the shift from that. So I sort of think, cause I spent a lot of time growing up with my grandmother who was born in 1923 and she did take care of herself. You know, she lived 93. She took care of others too. She was a very generous, wonderful person, but she also had very, I think, powerful, but quietly stated boundaries that said, you know, this is how I'd like to live my life. And she was a cancer, a cancerian son. Um, but she, I saw her, as a person who was well cared for and who did care for herself. And, you know, she had worked, but when she would talk to me about her life, she would say like, oh, I chose to do this job, um, but I wanted to have this, this, and this in my life. And they were very lovely things. Like she wanted to go see my mom when she was in a play as a child or whatever. And she was able to arrange her work to support her life. Um, whereas you look at sort of what's going on with millennials and now zoomers, um, and you see people who are, you know, they're, they're struggling economically often. Um, there's an idea of work, work, work. There's also this thing in our pocket called a cell phone, right. That is Mm. constantly bombarding us and kids today from the time they're old enough to have a cell phone, which I think is pretty young these days. Um, you know, they, they have constant access to things sort of bombarding their brain, which I think they're proving causes, um, anxiety. And so there's, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't have a cell phone and it's, it's, I'm not saying like kids shouldn't have cell phones or anything like that, but there was a very big difference of my parents just saying, okay, go outside. And I would Mm -hmm. go sit in the woods, you know, Mm -hmm. and we didn't call it self-care. That wasn't, you know, a phrase that came up, but I think the phrase is coming up now because we're realizing as a culture, like, oh, I'm not getting cared for the way I was once, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. you know, whether they called it that or not back then, I, I do feel that there was an ethic of care you know, in families and society, but that as we've progressed in many ways, we've progressed so far, you know, technologically that we've, we've started to live in a digital instant gratification world. And that's just not how care works. You know, care says Mm. like, have a slow hug, take Mm -hmm. a slow nap turn off the device, go on vacation, you know, take a break essentially. Um, and, and it's just, it's just not there. Yeah. That makes so much sense. Cause when I was growing up, we were outside all the time and we didn't, we didn't have cell phones when I was a kid that happened when I was 28. And, um, you know, my, family or computer scientists, many people in my family, but nobody had a computer at home, right? So there wasn't all this focus. They would go to work and work on the computer and then come home. And there just seemed um, 
like there, there wasn't so much busyness. I mean, this is one of the things I am very, very sensitive to. I don't do busy. Um, I never have. I'm very, very deliberate about the activities that I do because if I do too much, I get really overstimulated and agitated and I don't want to be. And I think that I, I can remember when I was in the corporate world and people would talk about how stressed they were. And they're like, well, and that's the norm. This is just the way it is. And so it's really not true that it has to be that way. It's just, I think that's what everybody has, 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 has accepted. And you see in a lot of jobs too, where somebody will get hired for something and then a lot of, um, other responsibilities get put on them, but they aren't paid more or given more time for it. So it's like, it's become the cultural norm, I think, for people to disconnect from themselves by the nature of the amount that has to be done. And it's, you know, I can remember when I was in the corporate world and I had a a good position um, with responsibility and the priority for me when I would go home, I didn't have children, was to take care of myself because I was so exhausted just from the nature of the chaos of the day. And, you know, I, I want people to really be thinking about, you know, the things that they do are doing, do, do they really have to do them? You know, because I'll see a lot of people who don't really know themselves very well doing things that aren't aligned for them do not make them happy. And then they feel guilty if they're not doing those things or not pleasing people. Does this make sense, Emily, what I'm talking about? It makes total sense. And it just seems like it's, it's the collective now doing this. Like when I listen to conversations when I'm out in public, not with people that I'm close to, like this is what they're talking about. And the other day I ran into an acquaintance and she said to me, she goes, how are you? You're busy, busy, right? And I'm like, no, I'm not busy. <laughs> and, and I tell people that um, because busy to me has a flavor of chaos. And when you watch chaos, you know, I'm talking about with human beings, right? It, it, there's this feeling where you can't get a breath, you can't get a break. And it doesn't really seem like people know then genuinely, like efficiently, what they're to be doing. They're just kind of filling their time. And then self-care comes absolutely last. Totally. Um, I think it's, I mean, I think it's hard, right? And we've, we've have this collective cultural norm of being busy of saying I'm stressed, right? And mm-hmm. that really is meant to be an acute temporary state that happens when like, like once I saw a mountain lion and I had stress, right? And then mm-hmm. the mountain lion went away and the stress should subside. Whereas now we like we have stress responses to the amount of notifications that pop up on our phones. Um, or the feeling that we have to respond, you know, right away to something or, or do something, um, 
you know, that doesn't feel aligned. And, you know, we feel pressured often to do things that don't feel right for us, um, often out of economic constraints, which I totally understand. But there's there's a languaging of, of disavowal around that that's like, oh, I, I have to do this. I have to do that. Um, you know, you don't have to do anything. Often you're choosing to do that because you would like to be paid money or you're choosing to do something um, because you don't want the alternative, which could be, you know, in, in cases of coercion, like, you know, you don't want to get um, I don't know, arrested or, you know, or hurt in some way too. But um, to give people back their their autonomy and say, you know, we have to choose this, you have to choose something in the circumstance. Um, it's really hard, I think, in in the culture that has been built up around us. Mm-hmm. I guess I just mean to say, like, if someone's listening to this and they feel like, oh, it's really difficult for me to do self-care, I have this going on, I have this going on, I have whatever, you know, is going on in your life, um, that that's okay. Like, you didn't build the culture, you're in it, and you're swimming through it, and you're trying to navigate it the best you can, and, you know taking a critical eye to it, really looking at it and reclaiming your own sovereignty is no easy task, but it's a very rewarding task. And even though, you know, every person throughout history has had a set of circumstances that they had to deal with and navigate. The set of circumstances we have today are, of course, unprecedented, um, but you showed up on this planet at this time in order to figure it out. So um, so if people are listening to this and doing the work, like it will yield results. Mm-hmm. And it takes time, I mean, to like critically assess if you want to be doing something or not, or if it's good for you or not, or being able to like reclaim and tap back into your intuition if that got disconnected when you were young. I mean, these are, they take um, like sensitive consideration to and understanding and like, and a respect. And I find, you know, a lot of times when people are doing this, their lives become smaller. Like they, they let go of a lot of possessions and streamline things. So they don't have to take care of them so much because they're putting their attention other places. And that doesn't mean at some point, like myself, I did let go of possessions and then now I have them again. And so it's great because I've been able to come to, if we're just looking on the material plane, choices about, the things that I have in my life and my love and appreciation for them and not feeling put out trying to manage so much stuff. And so, you know, you, you also have to get clear or individuals have to get clear and guided like intrinsically. What do you want? What is important to you? Because what may be important to me will be very different 
to other people. And like what's in what I think is important is that people just look at those things and, and start to make some different choices. And, you know, instead of just running on the hamster wheel, you know, what is maybe one thing that you can begin to look at in your life where you could add a component of self-care, like what we were talking about based on, you know, the element of your uh, moon sign, and then just start to slowly bring that into your life. Because the whole point of self-care, it's not you add another thing so you get more stressed. Right, Emily? Right. And really, I think people forget, but it's at the most basic level, the moon is reflective, right? Mm. The moon is symbolic of our ability to give back through our ability to receive. Um, The moon is also cyclical and it shows us that the ability to shine out at a particular moment is heightened by our ability to draw back within ourselves and deeply rest. And um, I think one of the hardest things to learn in a society that says, go, 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 you know, output, output, output is how to be receptive and be able to receive the gifts and nurturing. You know, someone can be showering you with love and affection, but if you're not able to receive it, you'll stay blocked off and you won't be nurtured. Right. And so like, how can we even receive a gift from ourselves? Um, How can we sit back and say, you know, thank you. Mm. Totally. Anything else, Emily, that you can think of that you want people to know around this topic? I just want people to know that wherever you are today, it's totally okay. Whatever you're experiencing, no matter how difficult or joyful or challenging or rock bottom it is, to see it clearly is the first step to really say, okay, this is how it is today. And then from that space, allow yourself to receive and allow yourself to give to yourself. And you'll you'll find you'll find that you'll have a heightened ability to give after that point. Mm. Mm -hmm. Great. So um, if you all are interested in being in touch with Emily, the best way to find her is on her webpage at www.emilyemilyridout.com. And um, as she was speaking about being able to have a complimentary consult. I've had that with her and it, it was very interesting. Um, One of the things about Emily's style that I find very appealing is it's very conversational. Like how you heard Emily talking today is how she is in her sessions. So it's very relaxed. It's very easy and you get a ton of information. So if you're interested in just finding out about her work and her style and how um, she can support you, you can um, contact her to schedule an appointment. And it looks like you're, Emily, what are you doing with the yoga class now, the online yoga class? 
I am teaching an online group yoga class. Um, I priced it pretty low for a yoga class because I know some people come every week. Um, it's based on the present day astrology. Um, if, if it takes off, I'll add more. Um, I started doing it because a lot of the yoga studios have closed. Um, so my in-person classes are met much fewer these days um, due to the 2020 constraints. Um, so it is, it's just a Zoom yoga class and it's, it's $11 and it's it's a, just a really lovely way for us to be in community, um, you know, even though we're far apart practicing mm -hmm. together and doing the energetic poses of that week. So can you tell the price again? That kind of blurbed out. Oh, sure. It's, it's $11. $11. Okay, great. Beautiful. Anything else? That's it. Um, if anybody's curious about astro yoga or the work I do or astrology, um, please feel free to reach out. I do send out a free weekly astro yoga forecast. Um, so you can connect with me that way or come to yoga class or um, grab a free 15 minute consult and I'll talk to you about your moon. Great. Thank you, Emily. This is wonderful. Thank you, Marcy. Mm -hmm.